Hello and welcome to another episode of Jackson Talks, everybody, with me, your host, Aaron Mashpitz, a.k.a. Jackson Stone, pretend name. That's all right, we're still using it. It's still part of the deal. Um, this is episode, let me look at my sheet, 131, wow, of the podcast. And if you're watching via YouTube, you can see that I have two guests. Um, normally I just have one, but this is a special edition of the pod. If you circle back to episode 127, I did a uh, special men's roundtable discussing masculinity, modern dating, manhood, things of that nature. And now tonight, or today, episode 131, kind of the same idea, discussing feminism, womanhood, modern dating, marriage, um, sort of uh, all that stuff from two women's perspective, and a few other questions that I have to ask them for my guys out there so we can be better men for our women and all that stuff. So we're gonna discuss all of that that's sort of the meat and bones of the episode, but first, uh, let's uh, let's introduce who we got. Hi, Marissa. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you. <clears throat> so, very important question before we get the ball rolling mm-hmm. that I want to ask you guys. You know, I, I think I prepped you ahead of time. Oh yeah. Uh, normally, I don't because I want the most honest answer possible because it's a very important question. So, Marissa, I'll start with you. Okay. How are you doing? Like, really, how are you doing? Um, I mean, I think good for the most part. Um, I feel like I've been in this, like, transitional stage of my life. I think Rachel as well, um, moving in together. And also just being here for about a year and a half, almost, so. Being in Dallas for a year and a half. Yeah, being in Dallas, coming from Chicago, so it's just, the whole change has been, you know, something that I've had to kind of adapt to, and it was very nice having my sister here mm-hmm. to try and like help me, you know, move into this and um, kind of a different life for me. Um, so that was tough, kind of the separation of that. But now it's been really great now that I have a great roommate and things have been good with, you know, work and you know friends, dating. That kind of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're going to talk about that yeah. for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, no, but overall, I feel, I feel really good. Yeah, yeah. You, you said at the beginning, for the most part. For the most part. Yeah. I think my right now, I, I'm going home in like a couple days. Excellent. For like two weeks, mm. but very exciting, totally. Love being home, but it also brings some sort of like anxiousness. Um, I'm not too sure why that is. I think just like being away and like kind of being in a bubble right now and then trying to get back into like a different routine and then bring myself back to here like kind of bring some like anxious thoughts but besides that I think that's the only thing that's like lingering over my head right now mm. but especially because you're home for like two weeks yeah right that's like a long time to be like transition time. transition yeah and like sure. Rui's gonna be there yeah I think that'll help me though it'll definitely like help everything. yeah yeah, for sure. But that brings a different vibe than just like, because totally. you've been home since you've lived here. For sure, yeah. But it's been short. It's been like, yeah, I'm exactly. there for two days, I'm there for whatever, and then I come back, I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. That was enough, that's all I needed. But two weeks, that's it. It's a long time. Yeah. You get a simmer. Um, to relate to that story, mm-hmm. when I was in college, yeah. the only time I would come home for an extended period of time was yeah. winter break. Mm-hmm. All the other times, didn't come home for summer, didn't really come home for Thanksgiving because I was so far away. Sometimes yeah. I did, but... I would come home for two weeks in winter, mm-hmm. and it was it, it was weird because mm-hmm. yeah. like totally out of my routine, 
Like, I was sleeping in my bed because I slept there in high school and all that, but it didn't actually feel like my bed and my space because none of my stuff was actually there. You get so uh, used to being around your friends in college. Like, that was mm-hmm. the greatest thing. Like, oh, you want to hang out? You're literally right there. Right, exactly. Um, and you guys sort of have that here now in this space. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's sort of close to you guys. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what I feel like. I was like, yeah, I have a great relationship with my parents and my sister uh, when she was alive then. And... Like, so I wanted to go home, but then it felt different from what I thought was my other, which was my home during the time. Right, yeah. So, yeah, I know what you mean. I, yeah, it's just so weird. It's a different dynamic. It's just like trying to navigate that, so it's yeah. just, yeah. <clears throat> Great, thanks for sharing. Thanks, yeah. Rachel? Phoenix? Okay, it's how are you doing? overall? Yeah. Okay. Whatever you want to share. How are you um, doing? How are you feeling? You know, What's I new? a good-ish, like a mostly good day today. Yeah. Um, I've had some really great patients like on my caseload this week. Patients for what? I'm a physical therapist. Um, and yeah, you, you go through phases. So all day long you're interacting with people, right? And the people you're acting, interacting with like influence so much like how you feel, how your life is. Mm-hmm. And you go through phases of having like great people, great energy around you or like really tough cases or like a lot of suffering. And right now I'm in a phase where I've just been getting phenomenal people mm. and I've just had like... Yeah, so this week has been, like, a good week patience-wise. Um, went to yoga tonight. It was weird, but that's good. That was it weird? <laughs> um, the instructor didn't seem like he knew what he was doing. Huh. Like, it seemed like, and I, I was, like, trying to be patient and be like, well, okay, well, can I still get out of this? But I was like, is this, like, his first time? Mm. Is this because he just, like, you know how most yoga teachers, like, have a flow to the class? Like, you glide from one to the other. The amount of time you spend in each position seems intentional and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I can never do it because I, like, halt and start and, like, whatnot when I talk. But, like, they just have this, like, ethereal flowing yeah, presence. Beautiful. Yes. I, like, think that's, like, so wonderful. And the energy that brings is so good. This guy was a little bit like, mm, and then, uh, oh, wait. But, but then turn your foot. Turn your foot, and you're like, well, which, I got two. Which foot do I turn, you know? Um, <laughs> and so it was a, a little, it was a little, like, aqua taco, but um, movement's movement. It is. And then I went to Trader Joe's, which is my favorite place yeah. in the world. Favorite place. Favorite place. Because we're doing... You really enjoy Trader Joe's? I love Trader Joe's. Sweet. Did you know this about me? That's her personality. No, I, yeah, this I, I is think I did, but I, I, mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't know to the to the full extent I'm hearing about it now. To, I Like, going to Trader Joe's makes my day better. Awesome. Every time. And so we're doing a work secret sound tomorrow. And um, my coworker does, like, little charcuterie boards with her family. So she had, like, this whole list of things that she, like, like, the ideas list. And I was like, oh, I know exactly what I'm getting this girl. I'm getting her my favorite things to put on a charcuterie board. So I got, Trader's has this new cream cheese uh, stuffed pepper that is lights out. Cream cheese. That sounds good. It's so good. It's unbelievably <laughs> good. So I got that. I got the olive spread. Do you remember that olive spread? Oh, man. Do I, I got her the olive spread. <laughs> that was a crazy night. And then I got her one of my favorite of crackers. Um, what else did I get? Anyway, now I'm here with y'all. Beautiful. Chai. So it's been a good day. Yeah. That, I, I, uh... That's interesting about the yoga, because it is it is about like this like flowing into the next experience where the person is like leading you with their voice, 
and the way they speak and their energy like relates to your body and how you want to move. A hundred percent. And so when someone feels a bit choppy with it, mm-hmm. uh, it kind of messes up the whole vibe and the energy, which is what yoga is about. Right. You're trying to center yourself. I was genuinely thinking, I'm like, I but if it if was his like first weird. time, well, so that's then what great, I thought. right? Try it out. You right. Know? Um, and like you got to eat. Everybody was a beginner once, right? Yeah, so you yeah, got to build. But then at the end of the class, people were like, oh, I always love his classes. Like, he really makes like my legs shake hard. And this now I was like, oh, like this is his regular. He had this, this guy has the 530 spot at this gym. Like huh. that's like a coveted. Um, so I was like, it was a very interesting moment for me to be like, wow. Hmm. So that's his, that's his vibe, I guess. That's his vibe. And interesting. like some people are here for it. Yeah. And like more power to like, I got a good workout, like it was whatever, but it was not my vibe, hmm. but different. What do they say? Different strokes for different folks. Sure. Definitely. There we go. There's a woman on Instagram, or not Instagram, on YouTube that I follow called Yoga with Adrian. Oh, I know her. She actually lives in Austin. She has a beautiful dog named Benji, who's always in the videos. And she's uh, incredible. All of her videos are free. Yeah. And she just has like 15 minute ones, 30 minute ones, hour long ones. And her voice is like super soothing. And she breathes in obviously a bunch of breath and meditation work with her movement practice. Mm -hmm. So if you need something to do on your TV right there. I wish I could get into that. Do you follow it? Do you do? Like how often do you do? I, through all of that, I've cultivated basically my own practice that I do part of my morning routine for 10 minutes every day. That's great. Yeah. What's the rest of your morning routine? The rest of my morning routine is, uh, well, I wake up at six every day. Um, and then I do a bit of deep breathing and thinking about my day before I even open up my sheets. And then I, once I get out of bed and I put my feet on the ground, I'm like, oh, I'm thankful that I can put my feet on the ground. And then uh, I go right into some sort of movement, whether that be yoga, stretching, bands, a walk, something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I come back and I usually then read meditate journal not always in that order but those three things happen next um and then that then i'm, I'm about okay. like 6 45 7 and then my day starts and then i usually get to work nice yeah by seven or whatever yeah how does um full morning. that is a full morning i love that that's great yeah yeah it's taken me a while to construct that and then i have my coffee 90 minutes after i wake up ah i gotta get better about that i'm a coffee immediately what are you why are you supposed to do it I don't drink coffee. Because when you when you do it right when you wake up, your adenosine receptors haven't fully kicked in yet. Mm-hmm. So you're not fully awake when you're ingesting the caffeine. So you're not getting the full 12-hour benefit from the caffeine because your body actually hasn't woken up yet. Oh. So if you wait 90 minutes you're, and you actually get like your day started and things get moving, then when you ingest caffeine, it actually does the benefit that it's supposed to have. Interesting. Instead of just using it as a proxy to wake up. Instead right. of like waking up being productive, then, doing something, and then rewarding yourself with that, with a caffeine intake. And then when it hits three or four o'clock in the afternoon, and normally you would feel like tired, your caffeine intake is still there. Interesting. Yeah, that's generally how it's supposed to work. Your receptors could be off depending on how much caffeine you do ingest every day. If it's like above 150 milligrams, you probably have to do a reset. Um, but if you're just like a cup of coffee, I would push it back 90 minutes if you could get some sort of movement in before that. Like if you immediately wake up and go to the gym and then come back and it's only been 50 minutes, you can have your coffee because your right. body is awake. You already did the, you did the, you did the hard part. to get it going. But the yeah. 90 minutes is sort of like if you just kind of roll out of bed, slowly drive to work, do all those sorts of things, then that's that's what the science says. So, hmm. yeah. So I've, I've, I've leaned into that practice and it's been helpful because I'm a, I'm a, I love coffee. 
Yeah. But I usually do like one or two cups of coffee. And then if I want more, I switch to decaf just so I can still have the idea of drinking coffee. Cause like when I'm working, I want to, I need to do something and I don't want to have a chew cause I dip tobacco like yeah. at fucking eight fifteen in the morning. That's disgusting. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, you crack open a Mountain Dew instead yeah. of coffee. Jesus. You're like, let's just go straight. Here we go. So yeah. So coffee is that for me. So I like to like sip it slow and things like that. So waiting the 90 minutes was hard, but then implementing the morning routine helped with all that. But anyways, I like it for any, for if you wanted that information. Well, no, so it's funny because, um, sorry, I'm just like hijacking things. Sure, go with whatever you want. Um, are you familiar with the sleep researcher, um, Matthew Walker? Yeah. Okay. And then um, the like health longevity science, scientist, Dr. Peter Tia? Yeah. Okay. I think it was on their podcast together. I read, I read most of Matthew Walker's book, Why We Sleep. I have it. I haven't started it yet. Well, here's the thing. If you want to read it at night, reconsider. Because I <laughs> um, read before I go to bed. Uh-huh. But I had to stop reading this book because it was making me so anxious about the sleep I was about to have. Sure. That I like could, like I would be like getting less than eight hours sleep of sleep that upcoming night by reading that book mm-hmm. and then the book would make me feel like I'm going to die of cancer tomorrow if I don't get this eight <laughs> hours of sleep tonight and so anyway but it was great information really really well done book um so I digress but um at the time that he wrote the book and on a lot of his initial podcasts because I think the sleep science is fascinating mm-hmm. he was like very hard anti-coffee because of the caffeine right and then I don't remember if it was Matt Walker or if it was Peter Atia that was like, um, I've reassessed my view on coffee and I now support decaf coffee. And he said the literature on coffee and like health outcomes, even, even if people were using it to make up for a lack of sleep, their health outcomes were like doing better in some way that they were like, what's going on here? And they're like, it's, it's kind of like an herb. Mm-hmm. Like, and so many Americans are so starved of any sort of like herb, herbal nutrient, like, like the antioxidants and the other nutrients in that, that like even one cup of coffee has like health yeah. benefits for them, which makes it like, it's wild that some people are eat such processed, like such poor diets crap yeah that That coffee is potentially is helping their health even when it's stealing from their sleep like that's potentially the best thing they're drinking bonkers yeah 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 there there's four basic fundamentals that all human beings should uh aspire to be very consistent at Mm -hmm. eating well moving well sleeping well and thinking well yeah that's it life is very simple yeah you think about those four things Get them right like 80% of the time. Yeah. Your fucking life is amazing. Yeah. That's it. People always want to know what the special sauce is in healthcare. Or like they want to come in and they're like, well, what's wrong with me? What's going to make me better? My job in physical therapy, right? Yeah. And it's like, you can't distill out those other things. Like you can't take a car that you've treated like crap for 10 years and then be like, but if I put in the best gas <laughs> for the next two weeks, like it's gonna be good, right? It's like, no, hmm. you gotta just treat your body well and live well. You gotta put good stuff in, you gotta do good stuff with it, both movement wise and then mentally as well, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you gotta let it recover. 
And just, yeah, it's like, just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy, right? It's oh, God, like, no. You have to just be consistent over and over and over and over and over again. And then when you fall short of it, you're like, mm, that's fine. Or you decide that you want to have this cake or this drink or this donut. You know that your roots and your fundamentals and your foundation is built on eating well, moving well, sleeping well, and thinking well. Yeah. So when you do, you know, do something, whatever, quote unquote, bad, whatever that may be, then it's not that big a deal. Right. But if that's your normal thing... Then you try to do the good for like one day, one week, one month, and you don't see any change. Your life isn't better. Right. It's because you didn't stick to it long enough. Right. And that's not your normal pattern. Right. So you have to stick to it over the long haul, which is like forever, your mm-hmm. whole life, because this is all you have. Right. So why wouldn't you do that? If you don't have your body, where will you live? You no, know? exactly. And so, anyways, that's, that's, yeah, a, that's another topic. But, <laughs> Take it um, yeah, let's um, let's uh, let's dive into sort of the uh, the meat and bones of this episode here. But first, I, I want to start with. Um, so I mentioned that I had the episode with with some guys about the men's roundtable, sure. yeah. and we talked about masculinity and modern dating and manhood. So I want to ask you guys what you think of um, a man who possesses like a strong, attractive, masculine presence. What does that look like for you guys? Like what character traits does he have? Doesn't mean I mean it could be what he does too, or how he carries himself, mm-hmm. or if if a guy is trying to work on himself to be better, like what sorts of traits would that would that look like? Are we saying that I'm attracted to romantically, or just as like a human being? It could be both. Okay. Yeah. Because I feel like that's those are different. They are different. But kind of also the same. I'm not going to be attracted. Well. Hopefully. <laughs> There's been some notable exceptions. But I'm not going to be attracted to somebody romantically if they're not just a good human as well. Right? Yeah, there's a base layer, right? You're a good person. Right. Yeah, kind, respectful, generous, cooperative. For sure. Sorts of things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. But then there's those other characteristics that someone brings to the table that makes them a little bit more appealing than someone else potentially. Yeah. What might those be? I think like like master of their own craft field world is like really big to me. Like I want somebody that has that like um, confidence and dominance and um, self-esteem within the world that they're in. Mm-hmm. And I want people to be able, I want them to be able to know the boundary of that as well. Because you like the worst, one of the quickest ways a guy can become unattractive to me is if they think they know everything about everything. They think they're the world's leading expert on every single thing that's ever happened on your life, on, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. my life, on, in every domain. I want them to have, like, taken a strong interest in their life and, like, dedicated themselves to excellence within it. Mm -hmm. And, but then also recognize that they're not... God's gift to earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful contradiction of being very skilled in your domain, but understanding that you don't know a lot about anything else. Yeah. And there's places to learn where people can educate you on. Mm-hmm. Potentially even a woman knows more than you. Wow. <laughs> what a concept. Right? Uh, yeah, no, but that's great. Like, uh, it's... People ask me all the time, um, like, why... I don't know why this question comes up a lot. I'm like, outside of Post Malone having a lot of money, he's not an attractive, like physically attractive man. Mm-hmm. And guys are like, man, I wonder if you would get a lot of 
girls if he wasn't super rich. I'm like, if he could sing and create art the way he does, then yes, he would, because there is so much beauty in excellence. In that, yeah. And that's the idea. 100%. Right? Sure. The beauty is in the excellence of the craft. It doesn't matter what the craft is. The craft could be plumbing, carpentry. It doesn't matter. All of those things are incredibly valuable, and there's beauty in that. And if you care about that and you have a passion towards it, then the opposite sex sees that, mm -hmm. I think at least. For sure. I feel like we had a conversation like yeah. on the couch here a couple weeks ago talking about this. Yeah. And I was saying, I think it's like so attractive to me. I don't care what you do for work or what the situation is. You could be scraping gum off the bottom of my shoe, like, and that's your job. But if you do that so well and you scrape that gum so freaking well, <laughs> I want every part of you. Like, I appreciate that so much. Like, the passion, mm -hmm. the drive, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Like, that's, yeah. But also, to your point, to be, like, be, like, open-minded in a sense. And, like, I think that's very important to me. So, I think, yeah, like, having the drive, having the passion, but also, like, continuing to, like, learn and be open-minded about like life and other things that yeah i don't know is it because if you if you as a woman uh see looking at another man potential as a, a potential mate or partner and you see sort of passion in one area does that make you assume that it could translate into other areas like for you or your life if you're building a partnership if you want to have kids may all that do you, do you think that far ahead is that a downstream effect I don't necessarily, I don't think I personally think that far ahead, like, about, really. <laughs> my own issue. That's fair enough. Thanks for being yeah. on me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think I do. But, I mean, now thinking about it, yeah, maybe potentially deep down in some sort of sense, maybe I do. Like, maybe I think yeah. about it thinking, like, I want someone who's, like, like passionate about me, passionate about our relationship, yeah. like passionate about my dog, mm -hmm. like stuff like that. Like I want, yeah, maybe deep down and not even realizing like that's something that I'm like aspiring for in hmm. a partner. Well, it's like a deeper trait, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like that says you have the ability to be excited about the world. So I think it is to some degree, like it's ability to be applied in other spheres. And I think it's going to vary on, like, a case-by-case -case basis. I think, like, Marissa and I are both people who, like, really enjoy living. Mm -hmm. You know, like, that's a high priority and value to us. And so the ability to, like, have passion and to get excited about, like, being alive and, like, yeah. the opportunities of your daily life is something that's really important. Yeah. But I think for different people, you're going to find different values. Mm. That being said, I feel like there is kind of, like, almost a little bit of a universal, like personality type or demeanor or attitude that is attractive so I wonder what it is that is individual to us based on like what our values are and like finding that partnership versus is universal of like because there are those guys that like women just love you know what I mean mm -hmm. and it's something about the way they carry themselves through life totally yeah yeah you, what is your insight well, well, I think there's like a there there for guys that carry their themselves in a way that's confident and competent mm -hmm. and have sort of a, uh, uh, I like to use the word dangerous, not in sort of a violent sense, but like there's some, they have like, they're about themselves in a way that they could protect you themselves, right? And they portray mm -hmm. in that way. 
Um, and they understand who they are and what they're about. And then those are the guys that display these sorts of characteristics. And usually these are the guys that get all of the women. Right. Because once a woman sees that a man is attracted to one woman, she, he, be, they become attracted to all of the women. Mm -hmm. And so now it's like this whole thing where like only 5% of the men are sleeping with all of the women and it's left with like 95% of men. These numbers are a bit exaggerated, but you get my point. Like the 95% of other men are just like, what the fuck do we do? And so then they, then they get trapped in sort of these other traits of, uh, hating women, blaming women, not knowing what to do, not figuring out their path. Mm -hmm. And so then it's like this whole thing and then they get mad at guys. And then there's like this intra sectional, uh, battle of between men and then it becomes adversarial to women. It's like this whole downstream thing, totally. um, all based on the fact that one guy carried himself well enough to have sex with a woman, and now multiple women want to have sex with him, and it leaves these other guys just like, what the fuck do we do? Right. You're right. There is kind of that, like, he checks out right. sort of thing. Like, well, as a woman, you, woman you, have to, you have to vet him out, right? Mm -hmm. Because you guys have a lot more at stake sexually mm -hmm. than I do. Well, I think that's baked into us biologically, it right? Is, right? Like there's a over lot going on. Thousands right? of years, there were certain things that, if we saw those traits, us and our offspring tended to survive, right? right? And so then that gets baked into our DNA of what we find attractive and what we don't. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And so if you, if you see another woman sleeping with a man, you you sort of deem that man safe. Right, in a it's sense, right? Because you have, yeah. you have to protect yourself. You, you could get pregnant. I'm, most men are much bigger and stronger than you, mm -hmm. right? There's all of these things that you have to worry about that I don't have to worry about. I'm not mm -hmm. getting pregnant. Yeah. I'm not. I might get someone pregnant, then I have to be a fucking man about it and stand up to the challenge and do what's right according to what the woman wants to do and chooses to do with sure. that thing. Yeah. But that, I don't have to worry about those things. So if you see someone, this is like me just like thinking out, of course, yeah, know, yeah. out of my ass, but yeah. most of the time. Anyways, <laughs> but that's what I think. And so that makes sense to me. Like I can understand that idea. And so when I, when I hear guys talking about this and blaming women for their lack of success in the dating game, I get really upset. But I think that just can be extrapolated to a larger pool in life in general. Of course, which is it's, yes. That, it's lack of responsibility. Yeah. 100%. And not to say there aren't situations in which there are absolute external factors that are contributing to your lack of success. Sure. But I feel like in almost any single opportunity that I'm not successful, what's it going to do for me to say, this person set me up to fail, this person set me up to fail, this environment wasn't good for me? Mm-hmm. Versus if I say, well, what am I doing wrong or what can I do differently mm -hmm. to be successful in this scenario, that totally changes because then it's within my wheelhouse to Absolutely. change. So I like that. I like the perspective of like, but I think you're right. I think there's a strong like victim culture where guys say like, oh, it's just like they just don't want us. Well, I can tell you from personal experience. I was in college and I would go to the bar and I would hit on a girl all night, we'd dance, we'd have a few drinks, whatever, and then she wouldn't want to come home with me, right? And so when I leave the bar, I'd be like, God, that girl's a fucking slut. She didn't want to come home with me. Mm -hmm. Horrible. Mm -hmm. She's a slut because she doesn't want to come home with you. Those, those <laughs> things don't make sense at all. And maybe she just didn't find you attractive or she had fun for that. Whatever the reasoning is, it doesn't actually matter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But to say those words out loud and then blame someone else for something that they decided to do when you had sort of could do something better about it and that's the way, that's the route you, I went, not we, you, I did, I said that, then it's like brutal. And then when we get, obviously I grew out of that and became 
uh, different and looked at things differently, had a different perspective. And I, I steer, still hear men saying those things like, oh, it's all the women's fault that I can't, mm-hmm. I can't have any sex. Well, if you look at it in a different way, like what are the things that I can do so that I attract more women to me? That's a good question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because then you can, exactly what you said, right? You can take a personal responsibility for your own life. Okay, so what are the things? That's a great, that's a great conversation or topic. What, what could guys potentially do to make them more attractive to the opposite sex? Mm-hmm. Right? That's a question. So this is something that was a big shift (laughs) in my therapy lately. Mm. Ah, let's talk. Is I kept saying, when am I going to start to be the kind of girl that values like myself versus it's easy to be down myself? Like Mm. I want to be the type of girl that is kind of like what you're describing for these guys. Like I want to be the type of girl where like anybody that sees her meets her is like I want to know her like she seems like good shit like I want to spend time with her and I'm have a long history of like doubting myself and like worrying about the traits that I have that make me not be that girl would push people away and so I was talking to my therapist about it I was like well what can I do so that other people will want me because I want to be the kind of girl that's wanted he's like you're asking the wrong fucking question You need to ask, how do I be the kind of girl that wants myself? Mm-hmm. If you want yourself, other like other shit's gonna work out. But even if other shit doesn't work out, it doesn't matter because you don't need other shit to work out. Like you have it in you. Mm-hmm. And it was so crazy to me because I kind of feel like it reminded me of the scenario where people say, like, love isn't the opposite of hate. Apathy is the opposite of love and hate. Love and hate exists on opposite ends of the spectrum of feeling. Apathy exists on the other end of that spectrum. You don't feel, right? And so here I am saying, like, I don't love myself. I want to, like, I want to, I want other people to love me. It's like, no, no, no. You don't feel for yourself. You need to feel for yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm explaining this well. You're doing well. No, you're doing well. But I, so I feel like, and it's so dumb because, um, if what you really want is like that connection with another person, like how can it be in yourself, right? Mm-hmm. But on the other end, if you don't want that connection with yourself, how's somebody else gonna want it with you? Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's a lot of truth there. <clears throat> if I'm trying to become an attractive mate to the opposite sex, I have to first do all of those things for myself that I wish to then give to someone else. Yeah. To be generous and compassionate and kind and caring to myself to prove myself that I can have those traits and possess them in a way that could be reciprocated by another human being. Mm-hmm. And then you start to form sort of a partnership rather than this like adversarial thing that I think some men and women have, like a zero sum game, like whatever. Anyways, we'll get into that subject. But. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But even like how you're saying too, it's like an internal thing. I feel like for me as well, like it took me so long for me to like internally like come to the idea of like thinking about dating someone or like even Mm -hmm. looking at the opposite sex for a long time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just is like an internal battle that I'm like dealing with. And it's like, I have to internally heal and like be so good for myself so I can be good for another person like so I'm not thinking about like and it's so funny to hear you say that though because like when I first met you so Marissa and I met like about a year ago right Mm -hmm. and like you came across immediately to me as like 
any guy that meets this girl is gonna be fucking head over heels for her. You know what I mean? Like she's so funny, she's so smart, she's so kind, she's so like all these things. I fucking love you, you know this. <laughs> but like it's funny because I have seen that evolution in yourself of like when you were starting to get into the dating pool, being like so like yeah. doubting and like nervous and worried. And it's so funny because like now as you have, I feel like more like felt the confidence and the value of yourself. Sometimes I'm like, hey, I'm kind of funny. Yeah, you're looking great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stay with it. No, but then, and then it's funny because I feel like you always had the goods there, but now it's like you're reaping the benefits of having the goods there because you believed in it and you saw it in yourself. You weren't it going took, to get yeah. there if you it, didn't. I mean, but it took plenty of time to do that, though. It wasn't mm-hmm. like it happened overnight. It was a lot of therapy, a lot of work internally. Like, yeah. So, yeah. I'm, hey, I'm here, though. I'm doing it. You're doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I mean, yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a, that, that's I mean, that, that that advice then can be taken for basically anyone listening, right? Yeah. Like, On both ends. On both ends. 100%. Both ends, right? I think, um, because I do think currently in our times, we are at sort of this, like I said, sort of men and women are like, seem like adversaries. Uh, ooh, close. Yeah. Uh, are sort of adversaries. Right? I feel like we feel like it's like a zero sum game. Like if women start doing really good, then well, we got to start pulling them down so that we can do better instead of. Being, it's a tug of war. Yeah. It's not a rising tide lifts all boats. Right. Instead of like a, uh, uh, an encouragement of both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like oh, sort of as a challenge. Like in a real partnership. Like if. Uh, your partner starts doing really well, you can then obviously be super happy for them. But if you're in a adversarial conflict sort of with the opposite sex, you're going to do everything you can to bring them back down to your level instead of then elevating yourself so you guys are at this mutual level yeah. of respect uh, and value. And so that's what that's what sort of needs to happen now, right? Um, and so if women are elevating their game, then men then need to elevate their mm-hmm. game and become the man that you wish to be uh, that women are attracted to. And that's not that complicated, right? Be generous, be kind, be confident, be tough, um, you know, be reciprocal, mm-hmm. uh, things of that nature. And then go out and be passionate about something. Yeah. Um, and if you just do that because you want to do that, not because you're aiming at something, things just start to naturally like flow into your life and you right. become the person that you know you can become and then boom, whatever it is, whatever you're looking for, I think probably pops into your life. But When it's not an act either, I think that makes a difference too in what you're saying, which is like, if you are out there doing that because you believe in the value of doing that and living life that way, it's genuine, it's sincere, it's not calculated, it's not something that you have to put a front on, right. you know? And I think all too often, people want to appear desirable. Mm -hmm. They want to be the type of person that somebody else would like. I'm saying this and I did it myself. You know, I like, I do it myself. But at the end of the day, then you're always going to be kind of the mastermind behind how you are appearing, how you're acting. Mm -hmm. Versus if it's really truly like your value, your purpose, like what you want to get out of life is that are those things Mm -hmm. then the mask can't come off and when you're having a bad day you're not going to slip and you know lose those things that you're striving for and have to go back into like it's just who you are Mm -hmm. it just flows out of you 
Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't feel like I connected that well, but like, I feel like there's a difference with the sincerity there. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a level of authenticity that you can tell. Yeah. Based on someone who's read a pickup artist book and is using the lines that they say in the book to claim to be confident. And then he has to sort of portray this performative character over and over again. Yes. And also has to downgrade the woman so she seems less val- – she views herself less it's always to game. make me feel more. Yes. Because my confidence isn't real, isn't true, isn't yeah. authentic. Instead of aiming to be this person who shows up in this way – all of the time because mm-hmm. that's who the, that's the that's values that I want to possess. Yeah. And then I meet a woman who's valuable and confident and powerful and got her shit together. And I'm like, fuck yeah, mm-hmm. this shit rocks because now we have this sort of union together and we uplift each other. Mm-hmm. When I'm down, she picks me up. When she's down, I pick her up and we're aiming at this sort of ultimate goal together. Um, that's where, that's where it becomes this sort of magical, you know, relationship, partnership, whatever you want to call it. That is, the most incredible thing I think that people can have in their life. Yeah. So, um, 110%. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've thought about this a lot, being someone who's... St- I'm in a relationship is still new. I guess it's a year and a half in, but... Yeah, but even... I actually so- wondered how long y'all have been together, because I feel like y'all are such a good, like, role model of that, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of, like, both, like... You're both would be kick-ass people on your own. Yeah, it was pretty oh. cool. But like, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. But like together, like you're just like that power couple that like does it for themselves and yeah. also does it for each other, and it just like flows out of you. And there isn't that tit for tire thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. read us something bad, and you're like the number one person. Be like, heck like, oh, yeah, that really love that. Like, you are <laughs> not like number one. And vice versa too. Yes, so great. I love every second of it. The energy, come on. No, it is. You bring great, yeah. It's so good. People aspire for that shit. Thank you. That's yeah. It's great. It is good. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I I hope everyone in the whole entire world gets to experience that. Yeah. But it doesn't. It doesn't just come, right? It takes like what I think about. What I think. Okay, I want to commit to this person for the rest of my life. I think. Okay, do I want to put in consistent effort every single day? Mm -hmm. That's something you're willing to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's like a lot to think about. Like forever. Be like, yeah, yeah, I want to. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes that effort will be like 80% because I'll be feeling this way. Sometimes it'll be 100%. Sometimes it'll be 50%. She'll pick up the other pieces of that effort. But I'm saying every day I will show up. You will have me. You will have my effort. This is my best Mm -hmm. forever. Let's do it. You know, and I think that's an important part of a, a relationship, you know? I'm gonna cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always cry when I talk about you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Every yeah. time I talk about you, like the toast for Friendsgiving, I was like, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, always. Yeah. yeah. It just is so great. That's such a good kind of love. It's taken a long time to get here, you know? For sure, of course. But, but it's it, worth it. Of course it's worth it. 110% yeah. 110% worth it. Yeah, I'm so glad that Reed didn't come into my life four years ago when no, I would have just had sex with her and then never talked to her again. What exactly. the fuck was I going to do? Like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. You know, and I, God bless all the women that I've talked to and been with out there who were saints and yeah. uh, all of this beautiful things that taught me all of the lessons I needed to know mm-hmm. to be this partner for my, for my person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, obviously I think a lot about it. Yeah, anyways. Sure. Hey, we're back. perfect perfect no we are back we had to get some wine go to the bathroom get some water but um 
during our little break, Rachel wanted to circle back to something that she had a thought about. So, so interesting thought. Okay. I feel like I historically have, I feel like I have a kind of like, I have a very strong personality. I have like at times a more masculine, like dominating personality. And so historically, like the types of men I've been attracted to tend to be even more strongly masculine Mm. because I feel like, like I need that compliment. And if I'm already strongly in this way, I need something that's going to be even more strong to balance it. Mm -hmm. But one of the guys I'm seeing right now tends to actually have like a bit more of like the classically feminine traits. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's like deeply caring, very kind, considerate, even like his hobbies tend to be more like artistic realm, more things that we associate as like more feminine. And I, even though he dresses, not that he dresses in a feminine way, he dresses very masculine, but like the fact that he's into how he dresses, how he presents like aesthetically, like all of that. Yeah. Are not the traits I feel like I typically would have thought I would have been attracted to. Mm-hmm. But it works still. And I've realized it's less that like the specific trait that he's expressing like modern American society has said is more feminine versus more masculine because he has the underlying like confidence and Mm. steadfastness and support Mm -hmm. and all of those things that are really actually the masculine trait. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't matter that his like primary hobby is horseback riding. It doesn't matter that like he probably spends more time shopping and on clothes than I do. It matters that he can make me feel secure. Yes. Totally. You know? And so, I don't know, just a thought that came to me as we're discussing that. And on the flip side, like, I've also been very attracted and, and had successful relationships with men who were totally opposite of that. So I don't think it's necessarily how the trait presents. I think it's that underlying ability to support and care and invest and... Yeah. Yeah. It's also a case-by-case basis on how it makes you feel personally. Mm-hmm. Because you can be surprised by some guys, right? For sure. Um, but how they make you feel, their personality, the way they treat their friends, the way they treat you. Like, all of these things matter, but you look at a set of, of traits as sort of like an outline of who they could be and who they have been mm-hmm. as to how they might treat you. Yeah. Um, but you can be surprised by sort of anyone, anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then it kind of throws you for a loop about what you might want for a forever partner. Right. Well, that's what I've been saying to him. And just like at this phase in my life where I'm dating and I'm like not wanting to, if I met a fantastic human, I'm like absolutely down to be like, you're my person, Mm -hmm. you know? But I think my main goal that I've gone into like this round of dating has been to learn. Mm -hmm. And so when I first saw him on an app, I was like, ooh, I don't, like, he's attractive. I, I feel like I would be attracted to him. He's not my typical type. Let me try it, you know? And it's been interesting to me that I feel the same attraction with him as I have in the past with men and I, as I do right now with other men who have some of those more, like, typically masculine traits, sure. you know? So I think it is... Um, to some degree, you need to find that openness of what balances with your personality. Mm-hmm. But that's been a curious experience for yeah, me. Yeah, that's but very important. I think important. that's also like a testament to like you just like evolving as a person too and like allowing that stuff to come into you mm-hmm. and like seeing things just more so in a different light. And that also probably me just pushing you to do that too because I feel like I'm in your ear constantly. And I'm I like, love it. No, Rachel, like you need to just like 
sit down like and allow this to happen and yeah. allow other things to evolve because there's really interesting people in the world and like whether or not it's your person or not like in some sort of sense they bring some like a little bit of value to your life that you don't even realize like or something that you can take away with that so mm -hmm. I think it's like important that you're doing that and you're like you know like weeding through and like kind of enjoying the ride as you're going through but I think that's cool though that you're not physically like seeking out these people you're like okay he's got good chat let's talk about it like, right you know what i mean like that's and that's stuff that's important what's gonna last you looks are not gonna last you for the rest of your life let's think about it it's which like, let's be clear this man is objectively hot but, <laughs> sure, sure. but like think about no, it though and of course you want to be you want to be with someone that you find like physically attractive mm -hmm. in some sort of sense but i also think like the physical attraction like is 10 times more once you actually like know their personality and like know who they, they are like internally mm -hmm. so it just is like oof. yeah it hits different that makes me think two things yeah. thing number one is how weird is it that when we're like 14 Mm -hmm. And we're like first developing an attraction to men. The thing that we want back then becomes like our personality type for the rest of our life. Like I feel like so many of the things I'm like, oh, well, I'm attracted to X are things that I feel like I thought that I was attracted to from more than half my life ago. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, wait, the things that I want in my grocery store now aren't the same things I wanted when I was 14. The things that I wanted in, you know. Yeah. I can't even, I was going to say a car, but I couldn't even drive them. Like, this, like <laughs> our tastes are going to change over time, so we should be open to exploring, like, yeah, what works like at this phase of life. Like, that just I love all those now. Yes. No, exactly. You know me. And that's where, too, which is the value of having, like, good friends when you're in a phase of your life. I feel like this is probably true for, like, men and women, for anybody, honestly. Um is when you're when you are trying to find the parts of yourself to make yourself more fulfilled more complete and for some people that is a relationship the value of having good people around you and in your ear and supporting you that says like no rachel like are you excited about this like follow that excitement like what are you going to learn about this like see if maybe you want to grow in this way like having that support with you is so important because i feel like 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 I mean, obviously, like, when I'm swiping, I'm going through all this. Like, you're, like, the first person I'm talking about all this. And, and your reaction to, like, what I'm saying mm -hmm. is a huge part of, like, the attitude I go in with. And so, like, having, like, an incredible person like you in my corner by my side being like, well, let's try it. Let's see how this makes you feel. Like, all of that only then supports me in, like, doing that. Versus if I had somebody that was like, well, Rachel, he's not really your type, right? You know, like, then I'm not going to grow. So, like, you got to surround yourself with good people to find good people, you know? Absolutely. Cheers to that, sister. <laughs> Mazel tov. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think that leads me to to uh, something I wanted to talk about, which is basically dating dating in modern times. Okay. You're in a fresh relationship. Freshy. But you've been in the field. Been in the field. <laughs> uh, you're currently in the field. I'm in the field. Needing mm -hmm. the field. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, I haven't been in a while. Right. Yeah. And before I started dating Re. I was uh, celibate, right? So I haven't, yeah. I haven't been in in the game in a bit. Right. <laughs> and when I was in the game, boy, was I in it. Yeah. Uh, but so, just any thoughts, feelings, reactions, comments about about dating in modern times? Yeah. Um, 
I guess for me personally, I feel like my situation is probably a little different in comparison to a lot of people my age, just because coming out to Dallas, it was like I had been in a long-term relationship. Um, so coming out here initially, that's not really what I was trying to do, was trying to date and do all of that stuff. Um, and it's more so like, and I never have been on an app. I've never done any of that stuff. So I've never gotten to like experience like what Rachel's experiencing or anything of that nature. I've never done any of that. So the fact of like the people that I've met here that I had dated around with have been people that literally met someone like in a lobby, like of a high rise building, you know, like ridiculous things. I have no idea how this happens, but like it happens and then like, and now Jacob, like through mutual friends, like things just like have evolved and I guess like similar to the sense of like, it's like I was ready within myself to like allow that in my space. So it was like, it kind of naturally just happened for me and I'm very, very lucky cause that's not like, it's not typical like, but I also, I'm not the person to like, and I don't want to say never because I was so close to being like, you know what, I'm getting this fucking app and I'm doing it. I'm just, boss the wall, let's go. Like, we're doing it. And it was like, literally like a week after is when I met Jacob. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, I, I don't know if I could like actually sit behind my phone and do the things because I don't know what the hell I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know how to talk to anyone. I don't even know what I said to Jacob. I think he said he's from Colorado and I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I'm like, you're from, Col- I'm from Chicago. I was like, we are in two totally different, like, this doesn't even make sense. Like, this does not make sense. But it's just like, I don't even know what I was saying to him, like, spewing stupid shit. Like, I don't even know how to talk. Like, so it just is like, at trying to like navigate that and just hold a normal conversation with a guy, like, I think is just wild to me. But then it was like, Okay, Marissa, like, you know who you are, like, you know, like, what you bring to the table, so it's, like, just show up. Right. Just show up as that person and, like, allow it to unfold, and if the, if they are, like, about you and, like, and interested in that, they'll catch on. They'll figure it out. And if not, then it's not, it wasn't it. Mm-hmm. Like, we gotta keep on moving, right? We got a life to live, like, I got a dog to take care of, like, I'm a mom, like, all that kind of stuff, like, it's just... But see, like, my dynamic is, like, totally different in comparison to, like, Rachel right now. Like, Rachel but I feel like, like that's, like, the same attitude, though, which I'm, like, coming around to on the apps. Mm-hmm. And also, like, like I've had, like, a couple of recent romantic interests mm-hmm. have been people I've met in person. But I feel like it is the same attitude of just, like, like I'm going to be me and, yeah. like, it's either going to vibe or it's not going to vibe. And I don't think I had the attitude for a long time. I think that's, like, very recently been an attitude I've, like, adopted. Mm-hmm. It's the only way to do it. Yeah. It's, like, I mean, it's, it's, like, foolish to me that I used to think, oh, well, if this guy holds conversation in this way, like, I need to meld to meet his energy there. Or, you know, if this is the way that he's presenting, then, like, that's got to be it for me. It's, like, no, 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 no. You got to be it for you. Like, you got to bring what works for you and it's gonna like hit or it's not gonna hit and like and you also gotta be like open to it hitting or not hitting like like you if because I feel like I used to be the type of person that took things every situation so seriously and tried to 
craft it into the outcome I wanted. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, 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 you got, you got, you have to have your goal be, and this is in general life. Your goal has to be, what can I learn? How can I grow? Not, I want X outcome. Mm-hmm. Because if you want X outcome, you're going to shove a lot of square pegs into round holes. But if what your goal is, is like, figure out, oh God, this turns into a really like oh, sexual no. analogy. <laughs> figure out what shape your hole is, you know? But like, but like that should be the goal because you need to figure out what's going to vibe for you and it's only going to actually yeah. work if it actually works. Yeah. You know? But yeah. I think too, like the other thing, how we've said, like you just need to also be like open-minded to the idea of like how you, like I'll say to you, I'm like, okay, you went on the first day and you're like, ah, oh, wasn't that great? I'm like, yeah, but you got to go on the set. Like the first is like, people are nervous. They got the jitters. Mm-hmm. Like that's, you're not getting the best representation right now. Yeah. Like, when I was on my first day with JY, I was like, I don't even know what I'm saying to you right now. Like, yeah. I, don't know, like I really don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. I'm drinking too much beer. Like, I, I'm getting a little buzzy. Like, I can't yeah. hold the conversation properly right now. Like, so it's like you have to, like, allow, like, another date to come to see, like, a little bit more of a personality before you can, like, write someone off, I think. And I think, like, totally. people nowadays, like, initially, like, the, like, first date, they're like, next, I don't like it, next, I don't like it, next, I don't like it. Like, it's the instant gratification culture. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. But, you know what I think is, I agree with that 100%, but I think also, like, the reason that you and Jacob made it to date number two, well, I mean, there's a million reasons, but I think it's well, also, one, like... he's a fucking stallion. That's why. <laughs> and she's, like... Yeah, that big The catch, the catch. <laughs> but, like, energy attracts energy. So, like, yeah. I feel like if you get with the right energy, it almost doesn't matter, like what words you like trip over and like the awkward thing that you did and like the outfit that you regret wearing because like you recognize you're in the presence of somebody else's energy that you're vibing with yeah and so i feel like that kind of carries you but i've gotten picky about some things like one of my like hard stops and i've talked about this with my therapist and like am i just being too instant gratification move on next I'm like, no, I don't think so, is like from the get-go, we need to be able to have conversation, a Mm -hmm. flowing, engaging conversation. Mm -hmm. And so like I'll see somebody whose profile I like, whose interests I like, I'll match with them. Um, I will like start, so like one of the apps I'm on is Bumble, so like girl always has to start the conversation. So I always start it, almost always start it with like, What's something you're currently obsessed with? Like, I want to see your passion. Like, I want to see, like, something you get excited about. Because I want to see, like, that's so important to me. I want to see your ability to get excited about, like, living in your life. And sometimes that conversation peters out, right? Mm -hmm. And I will give it another, like, go around. But something that grinds my freaking gears that I have no fucking patience for. Let's hear it, Rachel. Is if I hit you with a, what's something you're currently obsessed with? Yeah. And you say, hi. How was your weekend? Absolutely fucking not. You have my whole profile. I just tried to start a conversation with you. Like, you now have, like, because Bumble, the girl just has to send the first message, but then you can say whatever you want in response. Like, if you didn't like that prompt, like, you could take it a different direction. Yeah. Why, why, are, you, why are you just ignoring the question? Because I don't want to sit there no, and say... Them. Them, why are they ignoring exactly. the question? Not you. Exactly. I'm like, I don't, even, I don't even know how to answer you. I wouldn't <laughs> answer that question. What do you mean, how was my weekend? I asked you a very cool, yeah. insightful, thoughtful question right. on a dating app. Please yeah. answer. And you have any direction you can go with that. Like, I've had guys talking about the show weekend? they like. I have, but all the time, you're like, hi, three weeks you're in. pretty. <laughs> like, 
No, you obviously are attracted to me. Otherwise, you wouldn't swipe on me. Right. We both know that. You know what I mean? And so that, for me, that's a non-negotiable. And I used to feel almost like guilty about that, but I'm like, no. I need to know that I have a flow with somebody, mm-hmm. and I won't necessarily immediately unmatch them. Then I'll give them the opportunity to start a different, better conversation, mm-hmm. or to respond to my initial conversation. Sorry, to respond to anything I've put in my profile that you can start a conversation on, or to like tell me something cool that's happening in your life. But, like, I think there are times that you do get to be picky. And it's not that the first date was, like, we both felt awkward and so it's over. But I think it is the, like, we can connect or we can't connect. And if we can't connect from the get-go, um, like, I'm in a big city where there's a whole bunch of other men. You're in a big city where there's a whole bunch of other women. And we can find somebody else where, like, the way that, like, where we relate at and the way that we bring our energy to each other is going to click better. But if it doesn't click there, it's not going to click for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's very confusing. That's why they would not answer that question. (laughs) You would Aaron can't get over it. I can't, like... Aaron, 50% of men on the apps... Really? ...will hit me then with a, you're pretty... How was your weekend? High. They'll hit me with a high. After I do that, they will hit me with a high. Take your high somewhere else. Oh my, I mean, it just like, like, there's like two things. Like, pay attention. Right. Like, deeply pay attention. Like, you, all you, all you, the guy I was thinking about was that, oh, she messaged me. So now I can say whatever I want. Instead of paying attention. Yeah. Instead of really paying attention. It's the same thing happens when you really listen to someone. Like those two things are key for any sort of successful relationship. And if you can't even start that by, by being able to read, like literally read <laughs> yeah, and then be like, oh, that's the question she wants me to answer. I'll, say, I'll just say, hey, that's cool. <laughs> You're right. What are you doing? Yeah. Like it's right there. All you have to do is hit the ball. Yeah. Like it's lob it to you. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> See that like. Yeah, that's when you have to take some accountability for yourself at that point and be like, I'm doing these things wrong when mm-hmm. I could be doing these things right. And not a lot of times there's like this fine line between right and wrong, but like literally not answering a very insightful question that could lead to a cool conversation is the wrong thing to do. Yeah. It's like... No, 100%. So... But I think it also like that has to do with vulnerability. Yeah. You know, that has to do with how much of yourself are you willing to open up? How much are you willing to dive in? How much are you... Like, I think it's really safe and easy for a lot of people to say, like, hey, how was your weekend? It is is quite safe. That's true. But, like, you don't make connections from safe. No, 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 no. no, You know? No, no. You have to be willing to get your heart broken to fall in love. Mm Mm-hmm. So... But there's, there's also a thing that's floating around about sort of men and their vulnerability and uh, displaying sort of these feminine characteristics that if I'm with a woman and I'm, I'm this like man, this male, this dominant man, whatever, whatever that means to you, and I decide to be vulnerable with my women or my woman and I start to cry on her shoulder and tell her things that I feel, she's not going to find me as sexually attractive forever. Maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe there isn't. I don't know. Um, but I think whether it's true or not, that does hold some men back from opening up. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, then you talk about men's mental health and all of that stuff. Oh, which yeah. I, which I've talked at length in this podcast, so I don't have to get into it now. But then that goes into play and all of these sorts of tropes and stereotypes and uh, adages that just, like, kind of beat men down uh, over time. But... 
that's an interesting one to think about because some men will just hold it in forever mm-hmm. because they, they, they want to keep what they have and they don't want to uh, hurt it in any way. So they're just going to never say anything about it ever so or you know get into any... That is? What? Is from... It would take me a long time to count, but off the top of my head, at least 10 of my girlfriends, I have heard them, every single one of them say, he won't open up to me. Mm -hmm. And that has, in a lot of cases, been a deal breaker. Yeah. And I can think of one example, one, off the top of my head, where it was like, he was too much for me emotionally. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a crazy ratio. Sure. You know? But if those 10 friends that you had did have their guys open up to them, how would they respond? Right. I think it's tough, but I think what men think women want and need is different than what women actually want and need. And I, there's no guarantee in this, and I can't safeguard you or whatever. Right. But I think what most people want in life is sincerity mm-hmm. and, like... If you are in a, like, deeply connected romantic relationship with somebody, you need to both be able to greet each other as your full, authentic selves. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not going to work if you can't. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you are never able to express vulnerability or your own hurt or anything like that, you are walling off a part of yourself forever to this person. And maybe there's a time for it and there's maybe a way about it. And you can't have your girl be the person that you use instead of your therapist mm-hmm. and that you use instead of your friends or your, um, like, faith or, like, higher belief in the world. You have to have those other outlets, too. But if you never let yourself fully go and be vulnerable in a situation, that seems like the quickest way, at least with me, to shut me down. Yeah. You know? But I think a lot of men are afraid of that. I think a lot of men yeah. are afraid of, like, opening up that it is going to be too much for her. Yeah, because we are told our whole lives that we need to be protectors and providers. Mm-hmm. That's our only role. And in current day society, we don't have a role because most people consider men to just be shit. Everything we did was shit. We built shit. We built a patriarchal, tyrannical superstructure where everyone's oppressed and it's all fucked. And men did that. Mm-hmm. So that's what... That's the... Like, that's a lot of the, the messaging Message on social is. media. And, and social media is consumed by young boys. Mm-hmm. Young boys are impressionable. Mm-hmm. Young boys grow up to be men. Mm-hmm. What do men do? We need, we need men, just like we need women. People yeah. build shit, do shit, create the world that we have, right? And so if we're told our whole lives to be protectors and providers, and then all of a sudden we, uh, are, we need to be vulnerable... Which is, which is just this idea of being courageous and honest. Like, it's the same, there's just two things together. 100%. Um, how is my woman going to react? Mm-hmm. I have no idea, so I'm just never going to say it. Right. Because I know my role. This is my role. This is what I've been told. Outside of my role, I'm shit. I'm a terrible human. I'm just going to do this, protect, provide. That's it. And then it becomes way too much. 100%. Because we have to get stuff off our chest. We have to ask for help. We have to be willing to sit in our sadness and tell someone that we are sad or overwhelmed or scared or frustrated. And if that woman or your partner is really your partner, then they're going to feel closer and 
more connected to you because they see an inner part of you. And if they're really true to who they are and that they love you, they're still going to see you as a protector and a provider, but also as a real genuine human being who has emotions. And the sense that you need them is very important to both sexes. I was going to say, you're more of a protector and a provider to mm -hmm. me if you can be vulnerable. Because sometimes like what I need to be provided is the ability to know that it's okay to not be perfect. Right. And it's okay to not always be strong. Right. And um, it's okay to be hurt by things and it's okay to suffer. You know? And if I am expressing that to somebody who is only ever willing to say, you don't show any weakness, you show up and you be strong, like that's going to be really negative messaging to me. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> my most recent ex-boyfriend, um, wonderful human, have a lot of love and support from in my heart but I think like one of his largest flaws was that he wasn't willing to get vulnerable on that level he saw that scary place and he said that's not a place that I'm willing to go mm-hmm. but then because he wasn't willing to go there he wasn't letting himself connect more deeply with me because also when he gets vulnerable that's when I say I love and support you too mm-hmm. and I can't do that if you don't give me that space to pour myself into you and then I just feel like a puddle over here on my own and you're just an impenetrable wall and that doesn't make a together you know you need that you need to have that thing that you can pour into. I like I don't know if this is experience you've had Maris no yes a hundred percent yeah I agree I mean like I want like someone to like feel like I'm their like safe space or their mm-hmm. their place to go to or like feel comfort within me. Like that's that's the reason of a relationship though. Like I'm supposed to support you. I'm, you're supposed to support me equally though. Like I should we should equally feel like we can talk to each other about things that are like deep in that sort of sense. And I understand like society like currently I guess is like men don't talk about their feelings and stuff but like let's fucking switch like flip the switch yeah. let's do it like let's we gotta do something about it because it's like i hate the fact that people say like men can't cry like stuff like that i don't cry fucking eyes out if i'm crying you're crying everyone's crying right. like right. like I, I, I need you need to show like some sort of like emotion with me because i can't be the only one crying all the time because I, I it's we gotta we gotta hash things out and like talk on things like to a deeper level so it's just but I hate that men feel like that they're not able to actually do that that's so shitty right yeah like that's terrible yeah and I I will also say I feel like you have to read the energy and you have to read the connection you have with this person but like and timing factors into it too but like mm-hmm. remember that guy I was seeing that moved to Denver mm-hmm. it was like date number two that like we were talking about something and like I felt like he was starting to put up a wall and I was kind of like like leaning into like what's going on here like what is your like why are we and he like laid it fucking out and like that was part of why we connected well like that was part of why there was another date that was part of my interest in him now given we had like a really strong connection going into that and it was like decently into our second date together but like truly got vulnerable with me on date two so like because we had that energy and we had that vibe it's not like it's like a i don't know i guess like the message i'm trying to send here is like you have to feed off the energy you're getting and you're receiving but like time on you just got to always be yourself even from the start and like this guy like part of why we connected was that date two he was willing to get like vulnerable with me like that you know yeah for sure 
Yeah, it's just an important as a society that we, we, we encourage that, right? Especially coming from women who men value deeply, mm-hmm. right? Even if we don't want to say it, we value your opinions deeply. And it hurts a lot to hear the narrative be that all women think that all men are shit. Oh, I hate that narrative. Yeah, it's tough. And it's I know social media is a very miniature population of what the majority of people feel. I understand that. But it has a loud it's voice. It's a loud voice. It it's is. It's a loud voice. And most of the time, the people that are scrolling social media the most often are the people who have the lowest self-esteem because they're on social media scrolling all day. Mm-hmm. And they see these things about women saying that men are the worst part about dating. They should cease to exist. We'd be better off without them. Well, then men grow up or they are who they are. And they're like, I don't have a path. I don't have a direction. So I'm either going to be this extremely toxic man who tries to dominate people and is a narcissist and ego driven and uses power and greed to get what I want. Or I'm going to be this weak, docile, just doormat. And none of neither of those things are productive to a good conduct or good positive society. Mm-hmm. Right. We sort of need men who can kind of grab the best parts of either of those and mesh them together. Mm-hmm. Right. Someone who can be tough and protect when needs to, but also knows when to ask for help. Right. And and say that I'm, I'm struggling, but to have those both together to be competent, caring, confident and compassionate young men. And so I think I say this to say that women play a pivotal role in doing that encouragement. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that be a teacher at school, a mom, a parent, uh, a sister, whatever it is, or an ex-girlfriend, a friend, that stuff is, is wildly important. And I think women play a huge role in that because, again, like I said before, if we become a more of a cohesive unit doing things together, elevating each other, then we have better partners to be with and better mm-hmm. lives to live because of those partners. And so... I think about that a lot, obviously, because I coach a youth baseball team and these kids are 14 and they're being swayed in certain directions because of what they hear on social, whether it be from someone like Andrew Tate or Jordan Peterson or wherever the person they're listening to the most. Right. Hopefully to God willing, they listen to someone that is telling them really good stuff. And they, and then that's the content that they're obsessed with. Mm-hmm. Like, oh wow, that person is gonna make you better. Personal responsibility, clean your room, stand up straight, go after what you want, all of those things, mm-hmm. right? But what if they land on someone else? Right. Then they're getting that messaging. And that person has 17 girls around them. They fly in private jets, they have Bugattis. That's a successful life apparently. So I'll just do exactly what that person does. And I'm not naming anyone specific, but like that's that's the that's the idea, and that's the that's what I think about it like a lot. And so having women, like positive, strong, encouraging women to men about getting their shit together, because women can't get men's shit together. Men have to get their shit together, and vice versa. Yeah, and of course, vice versa. But we have to have either sex encouraging that to happen mm-hmm. instead of being like. Fuck you, I'm on top now. What's up, bitches? <laughs> you know what I mean? That doesn't yeah. do good for anyone. No. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah. Excuse, excuse my passion on the subject. No, I love it. No, and I think, passion. I actually really love like this. Passion. We do love passion in the But um, that leads to my next question. Yeah. Um, do you guys believe in the institution of marriage? Mm-hmm. Do you think it's still important? 
Um, you know, I'm gonna be honest. Please. I yeah, that's what we're here for, right? What, what, what am I kidding? Um, you know, I sway back and forth these days. Not gonna lie. I know for a fact I want kids. That's like a known thing. I'm like, I know I'm supposed to be a mom. Like that's something in my life that I know I'm supposed you to feel do. It? It's in here. It's in the chest. It's in all of those. Well, we things. can see you with Rue, so. Yeah. yeah. A little dog. arugula. Yeah. Arugula. What a great dog name, by the way. I arugula. love it so much. Yeah. Um, so you know you want to be a mom, but you hesitate a, on, the, on the institution. Yeah, marriage. it's just, I'm, okay. Not to, like, dish on, like, family things, but, like, the dynamic of, like, some family things. Like, part of, my parents a little bit. Love my parents' pieces. Don't. Don't get me wrong. But, like, some of, like, my aunts and uncles, like, not being faithful Mm -hmm. and um, things of that nature kind of strays me away from, like, the idea of being, like, married or putting together this big party for other people. I think if I do get married, I've talked about how I just would want to, like, elope. Probably, maybe have a little party after the fact years later, maybe with my kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. But the idea of like eloping and just being so like in tune with the person that I'm supposed to be with, like, I feel like that means so much more to me than it is to put on like a whole to do for other people. Don't get me wrong, I love a good party. Love a good party. But like, I don't, yeah, but even that, like, I'm not even sure, like, but are you conflating the idea of, like, a wedding with a marriage? Like, where do you land on, like, marriage as an institution? I think I have this, like, perception that it's, like, I'm going to have, like, an equal understanding with the person that I'm supposed to be with, if that makes sense. Like, if we have kids together, of course we're together and all the things, and I would hope to God you're not, like, doing God knows what, sleeping around and, like, not being faithful to me. And I think maybe, yeah, maybe the paper freaks me out. I'm not really sure what freaks me out, but it's just like, and maybe it's my past relationship. I don't really know. Like, it's it's just like things have like switched for me now. Hmm. Hmm. But all in all, I know that I, I want kids and I would love to be with a person like forever and ever. And I would love to like do life and do cool shit all the time and like explore the world. And I would love that, but like, yeah, things have, like, switched a little bit for me, which, like, it's shitty that, like, I'm surrounded by that nature right now to where, like, I think differently. Interesting. Yeah. See, I feel like I land very opposite of you, which is, like, I don't want kids. Well, I'm, like, 90% I don't want kids. I have, I've said I don't want kids for, yeah. like, a decade. Um, but I think I would really like to be married. Like, I like the idea of, a, like, a lifelong commitment to another person. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's me and it's you. Like, that's it. Like, we, it's us. It's us forever, you know? And that idea of, like, working toward, like, having that partnership be prioritized over everything else and having it be, like, a legal commitment to each other. And I'm not saying, like, I care about prenup or combining finances in that but I like the idea of the permanence of it and not because you get to be lazy in it but almost the opposite is like because I've made this commitment to this person for the rest of myself like I for the rest of his life for the rest of my life like I have to keep showing up every single day mm-hmm. and you have to keep showing up for me every single day and like 
the only thing that I've made a lifelong commitment to other than student loans, which was for my education and like self-betterment is like this person, yeah. you know, like yeah. I think I, like I would, re- I would really like to be married someday and I don't think I want to have kids. You think, um, the institution of marriage is an important part of society? So I think this gets, um, Hmm. I'm thinking about like how much I want to share here. And like, um, I think there is in some degree too much emphasis put on it in the sense that it becomes the mainstream. Mm. I think anything that becomes the automatic thing that you do, I don't, I don't believe in automaticity. I believe that movement patterns should become automatic. I believe that like you should develop good habits that are automatic, but I think that important life choices shouldn't be made because that's what everybody does. That's what you're supposed to do. Exactly. Sure. And I think that's part of why we see like it's 50% of all marriages, 30% of first marriages mm-hmm. and in divorce. Yeah. I think a lot of the reason behind that is because that's what you're supposed to do. Right. And I don't believe in that. I don't believe you do it because that's what you're supposed to do. I don't believe that that's what you do because you've been with somebody for four years right. or because they were your high school sweetheart or because you're in a comfortable relationship or because you live together. Mm-hmm. So to some degree, I think that part of why we see negative relationships perpetuating in the long term is because they do it just because they thought they were supposed to. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you should do it because you're supposed to. Right. I think you should do it because it's a conscious choice that you want to make, you want to get up and make every day. And kind of what you were saying before with Re is like, like I'm going to show up for this person every single day. Mm-hmm. And some days my best is not going to be great. Some you days, know? right. And some days her best is not going to be great. Right. But like by being in this relationship with each other, we're choosing to always show up for each other. I think that's important. And I think making commitments in life is important Mm -hmm. but I think you have to commit to yourself and find out who your true self is before you can put that into a relationship Mm -hmm. and I think that a lot of it just happens way before people are ready you know yes but and then so I don't believe in the institution of marriage that society to continue to exist as a successful um society with a high GDP and happiness and good outcomes we need to be married I don't believe in that but I think the idea of saying I'm going to work on optimizing myself and as part of that quest I want to find my person and show up for my person every single day I think that's important yeah for the people that that works for yeah I think when you get to a place where you're doing anything because you're supposed to or you should do it, you're not doing it for the reasons that are gonna be long lasting, hence the reason for high divorce rates. And then honestly, maybe that's another reason why I don't feel like the need to like do it, like have a wedding or actually get married or whatever it is, is because I, I feel like if I have this like commitment with the person, I just like, we have an equal understanding. Like, right. We love each other like endlessly and like mm-hmm. I don't wanna like, Maybe a bye-bye society sometimes. I like to, you know, fuck around sometimes. So it's just like, maybe that's another thing. I don't know. But like, yeah. maybe in the sense of, yeah. I don't know. Well, uh, I mean, when, when two people join together, right, they create a very small but important community. 
mm-hmm. and that's important for the the uh, successfulness yeah of yeah. of society right because if we all have these like really cohesive very small communities that builds on top of each other create larger communities mm-hmm. and cities and countries and mm-hmm. worlds but if you're doing only the things that you're supposed to be doing or that you need to do because that's what's deemed appropriate you're 25 you graduated you've been with this girl and now you should get married that you're not creating a mini successful productive community you're just mm-hmm. doing it to yeah. do yeah, it just to do it yeah um and i think so, all too often it also gets looked at as the finish line like mm-hmm. i feel like that's especially really common like with like women in their 20s is like well is he gonna get me a ring is he gonna propose are we gonna get married like those get looked at like the finish lines yeah that is not the finish line and i say that as somebody who like was in kind of one of those relationships like when i was with my ex-boyfriend it was like are we going to move in together is he going to come visit my family are we going to get engaged i was looking at those as the barometer for our where our relationship was at which is totally backwards Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people look at like having those titles like doing those steps as like oh yep we're a good couple this relationship works because we're checking those boxes rather than this relationship works because it works these things are going to happen Mm -hmm. you know right yeah so then then if you feel like you're with the person you want to be with forever and that's what you know to be true to the best of your ability then marriage is what I think a good option Mm -hmm. right because then you're saying okay I commit to you for however long I live great let's do our best Mm -hmm. all right let's do our best let's try to negotiate and not get resentful and try to stay physically intimate and hopefully we can date the rest of our life even though we're married we still got to date yes date the rest of our life that sounds really good i like that a lot you have to like actually like actively date Mm -hmm. each other like continuously for life yeah that's good i'll get married now (laughs) <laughs> and, no, I mean that's that's really the point. And then and then you're and then two people are are um, presenting values and characteristics they want to live by, and that trickles out into your friend group, into the larger community. So it's much more important than this little dynamic duo that you've created, right? So that's why the idea of marriage is, is extremely important. But you're doing it because you know what it can become, and you know that this relationship outside potentially having kids from those that I've talked to that have kids, this will be the greatest thing that ever happens to you. Yeah. Is this person you spend forever with. And then when you have kids, apparently it gets uh, harder, but also better. I don't know. Don't have kids <laughs> we yet. We don't know um, <laughs> um, And I'm not sure if I, if if I want to have children, so that's something that I've got to figure out. But do you, you want to be married then? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get married to Ree at some point. Yeah, you are. Yeah, we're going to have a nice wedding. Um, and, Can we and, be there? We're yes. gonna lift you up on the chair. Oh my god, we are gonna lift her up on the chair. Uh, and I'll get a little bit of your chair. <laughs> Wait, did you see? I don't think I showed you from my good friend that got married recently how we lifted them both, not on chairs, we just lifted their physical bodies up in the air and threw them. They were Amazing. Jewish. Yeah. We just like lifted them up and threw them around, but it was ridiculous because in both the pictures, it was like. Crystal being gorgeous up in the air, all of our strong male friends underneath, and then I'm like underneath there too. We're like, yeah. And then Johnny, I swear to God, we have Johnny up there, same thing. I'm like, I'm like, I am there. Like I'm lifted. It was so fun. Oh my gosh. It's gonna be a good time. The first about 45 minutes, 
of a conservative Jewish wedding is like mm-hmm. a, a great time because they play all the Jewish songs. There's like specific dances. You know, I'm like all my cousins Jewish. are going nuts. Yeah, well, Wait, I do know there. that. Yeah. Wait, the Italian half or which half? The Jacob half. The Jacob half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. But it's like a little bit like I, you know, I got my aunt is Jewish. My godmother, Jewish. Ah. I'm a little Jew baby. But um, but to your point, the yeah. reason that people do a wedding. Mm-hmm is to, uh, for their friends and family to hold them accountable to the vows they created on the day that was supposed to be the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Is that like, like aunt, sister, like that's what it is. That's like what it's that's supposed to be. That's why you do it in front of a crowd because you're saying these vows. See? I- you're saying these vows out loud. Some people don't say their vows out loud, but whatever. You have vows. You're committing to this person. You're saying, I do. Mm-hmm. And everyone you love is watching you say this. So their job as your support system is to hold you accountable to those words you said on this very important day. And yes, of course, there's a party. People spend too much money and all of this stuff. But the idea is that. The essence of it is that. So if you went to a park Mm -hmm. and you had whoever married you or you didn't get married at all, you just had your friends and family there. And you just said, these are, this is, this is what I want you guys to hold me accountable to do because this is what I'm saying to my partner Mm -hmm. for the rest of my life. And if I don't show up this way or if I'm complaining or blaming or critiquing him in ways that aren't reasonable and not how I said I would, then hold me, hold me to that. That's the whole point of saying in front of your friends, your family and God, right? Whoever you believe in as that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I more so thought it was like a celebration of like you know, our love and all of that kind of stuff, but not in the sense I like, of like this perspective. The, yeah, I, I appreciate it. And then, that of course, a little bit more. you know, then you go into the party, right? Because then it's like, great. So yeah. the, I did you the hard part. Because right? you're saying, like, this is my community. This is. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. At least yeah. that's how I viewed it. Yeah. And uh, I think that that was, at least for me, a better way to wrap my brain around it. No, that's good. But I think it also does show a little bit of a sex difference here, or like a gender difference of like, women get cultured I feel like to see that as like the day where you get celebrated you uh, know yeah yeah maybe I, yeah. I, I just find I that hard it. for for that to be a day of celebration because like I mean you're coming to something big it's yeah well <laughs> the commitment part is fine but like it's so hard and long and stressful to plan a wedding yeah well, I would never and then, the, and then what I think about the most on my wedding day like this will bother me a lot it's like how am I supposed to talk to everyone that's there and thank them and be appreciative of them for coming? Because a lot of them are going to come from a long way, especially Ree's family are going to fly across the fucking world, right? How can I spend an adequate amount of time with every single person that was there that decided to come and spend their weekend with me for this event where I can barely speak to them and I don't even have enough energy to talk to them or go to dinner with them? Like that bothers me because the people that are there are the people that I love the most and I want to spend time with them. But I don't have time for everyone. I also want to be with my wife, who I just got married to, right? It's like, holy shit, you know? So if I can wrap my mind around it being a day where my friends and family are there because they want to hold me accountable to the words I'm saying in front of them Mm -hmm. and in front of God, then it helps me with that understanding. And then when we go party and everyone's dancing and we're eating and we're drinking and there's speeches and it's like, fuck yeah, great. Thank you. We did it. Fantastic. Right? Mm -hmm. So I feel, yeah. No, thought a lot about it probably I love it but okay yeah, yeah. and you said no kids uh, it's still well I'll, t- I, I, I'll, I'll explain to you why um, yeah. so uh, my sister who passed away in 2018 mm-hmm. um, she was gonna have kids she wanted a big family um, she wanted all of that and so for the longest time I was like I don't want kids it's not something I want to do 
this is like you know been in my other stages of life but i was like i was like okay great i don't i don't have to have the kids my sister will have them she'll have multiple mm-hmm. she'll have a boy my parents will have grandkids it'll all be great right she passes away and i go through all of these things not knowing if i'll ever be in a serious relationship or i'll get married or whatever it is and then repops into my life and you have to think about these things in a very serious way so i have to have mm-hmm. an adequate answer to when she asks me these questions yeah. and so i don't know I don't know if I want to have children because I want to have them so that my parents are happy Mm -hmm. because that's a big part of my life is like, it's that because I worry about them a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Or do I want to have the kid for me because we're going to be doing 99% of the work. And so if I'm not going to have the kid and be willing to put in the work, then I'm going to resent this little beautiful creature. And that's not how I want to present myself to anyone. And so I'm trying to work through these sorts of feelings in a very deliberate manner. So when I do make the decision of yes or no, it's like, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, And so I'm I'm leaning towards, like I've moved in a slight direction towards wanting to have kids because I think it'll be an incredible experience. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I have a lot to share. Yeah. And I feel like I could be a pretty good dad. You would be. I think you'd be a great dad. Yeah. You and Ria's parents. Oh, oh, you guys God. would be the cool the house for sure, always. Kid, it would literally, this kid would go to class and be like, okay, so my mom and dad's like, <laughs> like, it would be a whole lecture this kid would be giving to other people. This kid is going to be like a therapist. This kid is going to do <laughs> so, No, but think about it. This kid is going to have so much great knowledge, like, that is going to pass along to other little, teeny tiny little kids that don't even know what's going on. Yeah. Like, it's going to be absurd. You, it's... You guys were meant to, like, do that. You know what I mean? Like... Well, thank you. So, you guys are, You should... You need to create other great things in this world. Yeah. You guys are two great people. You guys would have phenomenal kids. Well, that's very nice of you. It's the truth, though. So, I'm leaning in that direction. Um, but we'll see. I mean, we're, we're... We have time. Yeah, right. We have plenty yeah, of time. Yeah. All the time. Uh, not all of the time. Just, like, but enough. <laughs> enough to make some conscious decisions about what we want to do with our future. And I think that's very important when you're thinking about children. Um, Because it's it's not an easy task to raise a child. Of course. It takes money, time, effort, commitment, support, all of these things. Yeah. And so, just like any other decision, just like marriage, right? It has to be be made with a lot of deliberate thinking over a long period of time. And then you actually have to conceive a child, which is also very hard. Well, that's extremely true. hard, and then have and then too hard and yeah. too easy at the same time. Yeah, well, too hard and too easy. Not much. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. Sometimes it's really hard, and sometimes it's quite easy. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, this kind of uh, uh, wraps up our episode. Okay. Do you guys have any anything you want to add? You didn't get to share. You didn't get to talk about. Closing thoughts, remarks, comments, funny stories, anecdotes. On what theme? Anything. Men, women, dating, sex, feminism. Men, not all men suck. Let's let's put it out there. Not I, all men suck. I would say men at baseline don't suck. Men at baseline are just people. <laughs> women at baseline are just people. people. Be a good person. Just be just be good. Just be good people. Have an open mind. It's become the best version of yourself. Yeah continue like oh, doing good for your life I have another thought oh, one more thought guys one more uh, I, w- I want to talk about um, <laughs> do you think that 
the increased uh, sexual promiscuity of women is a good thing. Oh, that's and, a question. <laughs> and um, like increased proclivity and inclination oh. and encouragement to do sex work. Oh, like with the OnlyFans and stuff? Yeah. yeah. I think this is really so This is our last topic. Okay. Um, this is good. I think part of why things become rules and customs and opinions are based on how they exist in the natural world, right? And so I think part of why historically it has been shamed or looked at negatively for women to have like frequent and varied sexual relationships is because before the advent of birth control, Mm -hmm. so more than 60 years ago, I mean, we didn't start to have good, reliable birth control until the 60s, right? 50 years or 60s. Um, You would get pregnant. And like having a child is no small thing for your life, for the future of your community, the world, et cetera. Right. The invention of birth control changed that entirely, in my mind. Yeah. Um, now that's a choice that you have to make. You have to have access to it. You have to have resources. But I think the advent of birth control totally changed women's sexuality. Mm-hmm. And I think now I very much view it as if my goal in life is to be fulfilled and have a meaningful life and be content and Part of that is one, doing things I like, and two, finding good people. Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't I have as many sexual partners as I want to have to be able to get to that end? Like, what am I doing negatively or wrong in any way in pursuing that? Am I hurting anyone? No. Am I... Um, Like, if I, every single time I had sex, was setting myself up for an opportunity to be pregnant and have a child and bring that person into the world, then that's a very serious thing to consider. Mm -hmm. That's no longer the consideration I'm making. Now it's just, what do I want to do with my life? And what I want to do with my life is find things that bring me pleasure and joy and find good people in my life. Mm -hmm. So I think that we put a lot of pressure and shame on women because historically the decision to have sex was associated very strongly with a potentially very important outcome. Right. Now it can be very free of that outcome. And so you got to find what gives you value in life. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? I don't know how I come back from that. Um, do you think that... Yeah, push on me. On okay. here we... Uh, yeah. Do you think increasing your number of sexual partners limits who you could potentially have as a long-term mate? Um, I think if somebody... So I think there are people who have issues with that, right? Um, I think the people who have issues with me having multiple sexual partners are not the type of person that I would want to be with long-term because I want people who... I want to be with the type of man who says, like, have a full, have a full life, experience life to the fullest. And part of me doing that 
is exploring myself sexually. Mm-hmm. And if that's not something that they can be supportive or on board with, then I don't think, I think there's a fundamental thing that we disagree on. Mm-hmm. I think since the advent of birth control, women can approach sexuality in the same way that men have been able to approach sexuality for a long time. And the main thing that sets up still a double standard is convention, that it hasn't been as free for women historically. And I think we need to adjust that. Hmm. Push a little more. Well, there's, there, there, there's great freedom in it, and that's awesome for women. But there's also, uh, there's also this intrinsic nature about what guys want. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for us to change that. Yeah. So it's sort of it's sort of to this idea of standards and preferences about mm-hmm. like a female has certain standards that you guys want in mm-hmm. a man, right? For guys, we want young and fertile. Mm-hmm. And like the old adage was like a virgin, but that's yeah. not it, right? But like someone who has very low sexual partners, someone who's young and someone who's fertile. Yeah. So that's sort of like what we're drawn to. That's yeah. why you know, men want to date younger, right? Younger in a sense where it's still consensual and legal and all of that stuff, right? 100%. Just make sure I'm saying that out loud up front <laughs> yeah. so it's very fucking clear. Yes. <laughs> um, and so that's interesting, right? Because that's hard to change, let's say. Well, I would, I would push back on that and say how much of that is biologically baked in? I think to some degree there is. A little bit. But how much of that is societal convention of what you've been told that you're supposed to like over time? Probably a bit. Right. Probably it's all a mixed bag at this point. I agree. Yeah. And so it's hard to break free from those sort of shackles. Mm-hmm. But you can. In my experience, because this is something that's been interesting for me, um, more recently as like... I have been having more upfront upfront conversation in all domains. I've been having more upfront conversation about sexual preferences, sexual history, et cetera. And I've been waiting for the men I'm talking to to not like when I say, well, in the past I like this. Well, I'm experimenting with X. Well, I've tried this, I've tried that. I guess all of those things hinting at the fact that I've obviously had multiple sexual partners in the mm-hmm. past. And I haven't one time had anybody react negatively to the idea that I have a sexual history, mm-hmm. which has been a very interesting experience because I think 15-year-old me would be mortified by these conversations that I'm having and the implications attached to them. Mm-hmm. But I think in reality, maybe this is just what I'm interested in, the people that I'm interested in, what they're interested in, the women that they're looking for. But I think that at least in my world, having somebody who knows what they like, who knows what they're interested in, who is saying, hey, I've tried this before, it didn't work for me. I've tried these things, I'm wanting to try other things. I haven't tried these things. Like being able to discuss experience has not once been like quote unquote slut shamed, which is interesting because I think I would have, I, I actually have expected that response hmm. and I haven't gotten it. Are any of these fellas that you're um, talking about this with people that you'd see yourself with for the long run or do they see themselves with you for the long run? That's a good question. Um, I would say it's a mixed bag. That's a good question. I would say some people are clearly like short-term people, yeah. but I think at this phase, I push myself very hard to be 
fully upfront with anybody I talk with. And something that I'm saying at this point in time is I'm not looking, I'm not right here in this situation because I'm looking for the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. But I'm looking to make genuine connections with people. Mm-hmm. And if that genuine connection turns into a long-term relationship and I would be open and I would like to be married long-term, mm-hmm. then I'm open to that. Sure. And I think a lot of the people that I am having these conversations with are in a similar place. Yeah. So I would say, I'm not saying like, who's going to wife me up, but I'm also not having a lot of conversations with people who are saying, I just want somebody to fuck for the next three weeks. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I'm so, having some conversations with those people, but... So, guy, guys are generally just hearing this uh, first part that you're saying, because that's a, that's a, there's a lot to what you just said there in that statement. That. Yeah. There's like, I'm having fun, I'm exploring myself sexually, I'm open to new experiences, but if the right person enters my life, then I'm still open to exploring that. They don't hear that part. Yeah. They just hear the first part. Yeah. And so that's why when you bring up your sexual history, they don't give a fuck. Right. Don't care. I don't care if you slept with 712 dudes. Yeah. If you're going to sleep if you're going to sleep with me now and for the next couple of weeks, great. Sounds good. Yeah. But you're not going to be my girlfriend for the rest of my life right. or my wife or marriage because they didn't hear the second part that you had yeah. to say. So they heard, the, they heard the first part and they're like, cool, sex. Cool. She's had sex before. Don't give a fuck. Great. Yeah. That's what they heard. And so, but knowing you now long enough, right? You're a pretty complex individual. Yeah. And so they're not hearing the complexity of your statement. They're that's hearing this. And so that's why you haven't been quote unquote slut shamed. No guy is going to slut shame a girl. Do they who, want us to sleep they with. they want us to sleep with. <laughs> right. Right. And that's now, a really good point. So I don't know when I would be able to get that feedback then. Cause I think, <clears throat> well, that, yeah, it's, it's very, it's very complicated. I was actually talking to this about with Reed the other day about you know, body count and things of that nature. But um, it's like you, you sort of want to know someone's resume early on, mm-hmm. but you don't, you can't divulge all of your information because you don't know if you can fully trust this person or where it's going to go. Right. And so then you, it's the perpetual. It's like you know, this like very yeah, dance. you're like sort Did of walking indirectly this. Indirectly ask is that like. A, I don't remember. I have been asked by... You don't want to know? Three men? I don't think I want to know, to be honest with you. Like, Mm. I think that would, like... My perception might change a little bit, I think. Sure, that's 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 where I'm going. Like, that's sort of the issue. And then sort of like, really? you're three, four months in, and now you know that you feel comfortable with this person. You want to explore seriously where this might go. And then you start having this very real conversation about previous sexual history. And it's like... Could this be the deal breaker? Interesting. You know, I've had sex with 75 women. I've had sex with 32 dudes. Is that too many? Is that too little? Is that crazy? Is that not crazy? Who were they? When were they? What did you do? Like you start to have these all of these processes go through your mind. And then it's like, were they girlfriends? Were they not? We, it's like a lot of stuff. But it's sort of, is it of paramount to have that sort of conversation? Or is it just leaving it sort of kind of in a dark area like yes I've had partners before you these are the people I dated seriously I think that's an important conversation I think that comes up very frequently because that's a track mm-hmm. history like how did you treat them how did they treat you right. why did it end what why was the are path? you x age with this number right or but I think just like random hookups those aren't you know they can be important if they've sort of facilitated some sort of growth and they had mm-hmm. a meaningful experience as to why it led to this because I talk about sort of my last few sexual interactions before I went celibate and how awful they were and how awful I felt like I was treating the people that I was with and how unpresent I was Mm -hmm. and why it led me to the decision that I made. So those sorts of ones are are important to talk about, but just like random ones, like I don't think they need to be brought up. They're just making people feel maybe insecure and things like that. 
but the conversations have to be had about these sorts of things. Yeah. Um, but you know, you're not going to have those deep seated conversations unless there's a commitment to one another. Otherwise, right. if I'm just going to have sex with you for a couple of weeks and maybe you'll go out to with me and my friends to the bar and we'll just hang and it'll be cool and give right. a fuck who you slept with. You can yeah. sleep with the girl right, the dude right next to me tomorrow and give a fuck. Right? So you know what's funny is historically I was almost always embarrassed by how low the body count was. Oh really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. When it has come up, I, I recently body count hasn't come up, but. Um, so that will be interesting, but like also recently I've been dating very superficially. So like, it'll be curious to see as I'm meeting good people and if I'm developing good connections, like at what point in time that comes up. Yeah. So like mini soda in the future. Let me know. Next time I have a conversation. I would love to know. I'll let you know. Yeah. I'm very intrigued by the whole idea. Um, do you, do you view what you're doing as casual sex? Do you like to use that term? Um, sometimes yes, sometimes no. You think casual sex exists? Absolutely. And what I say there are, well, okay, we're going to get into a strong theory. Please. And we're back. And we're back. Okay. A long episode. We had two, two, two breaks. Here we go. I did drink a whole liter of water in yoga, not just two glasses of wine. Sorry. Fair enough. Okay. Um, there are three types of sex. Okay. There is what, so I call them the fuck, sex, and making love. Okay. The fuck is... So the fuck and making love are passion. Okay. So the fuck is like, I need your body right now. You need my body right now. Like, this is... It's a lot of passion, but it's all like carnal, physical, just like connection passion. Mm -hmm. From that perspective. There's no... Like, I, I could fuck someone that I've met 10 minutes ago if the attraction is there. Sure. Um... And then there's sex. And I feel like most times that you have sex with somebody, it's sex. Mm-hmm. I think any good relationship has all three. You need to be able to have all three. And sex is like, I'm attracted to you. I want to be with you right now. Um, like, there's maybe a little bit more connection. There's maybe a, a little bit less connection. Like, it's just, it's to some degree going through the motions because we're sexual beings, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And then there's, like, making love, which is the, like, I just need to be, like, physically with you right now. I just need to connect with you in this other way. Like, I am so either emotionally or mentally connected with you right now. I need to connect with you in those other ways. So I feel like there's those three ways that you can connect with somebody. Yeah. I forget what question you had asked going into this. I I, I said, um, does the sex you're having casual sex, do you believe that there can be such thing as casual sex. Oh, yes. So I think that a fuck and sex can both be casual. Why is it casual? Because you don't need a connection with that other person as a human being to have that physical relationship. So I think casual sex does exist in that I'm a human being, you're a human being. We want to do this thing together as human beings Mm. um, with physical bodies. But I think that most sex isn't casual. Mm. I think there is casual sex, but I think most sex isn't casual. But maybe that's also just my personal preference. And even with people that I'm not looking to like date or be with long term, um, I typically say like I want to be able to have a conversation with you I want to know that we can can 
can connect as humans. Mm-hmm. And maybe we're just going to fuck. And maybe we're just going to fuck three times. Yeah. Or once. Or who knows. Or one night. But, like, I want to know that we still have the ability to connect. I don't think that's casual sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have any feelings? No. <laughs> um, so I, I don't think um, that sex can ever be casual regardless of what people say about yeah. it. Yeah. Because even if it's a one-night stand, and let me preface this by saying these are new feelings and thoughts I have on the idea of sex. I'm curious. Because okay. I've had, you know, whatever. I'm not going to, anyways. Um, okay. <laughs> I thought things outside of a girlfriend were all just casual. Casual, easy, fine, whatever. But then you think about sex, and you think about, wow, this is the most intimate physically and sometimes emotionally that I'm ever going to be with a person. Mm-hmm. And so that, that just that thinking about that idea alone can't be casual. And so even if it's, I just met you at the bar, we're going to go home. I'm probably never going to speak to you again. And we had this very passionate exchange. I still don't think that could be casual because you're still very vulnerable. You're naked. They see you naked. They have that picture and image of you for the rest of their life. There could be lasting emotional impacts that you don't know about that could lead you into sort of different directions. And so there's all sorts of things that you have to consider before giving yourself to another person. And so I don't think that can be casual. It can be, the interaction can be quick. The, the relationship doesn't have to be long or forever. It could have just happened. But I don't think that exchange of being so intimate and closely related and vulnerable and touching and feeling and expressing and emoting and potentially having an orgasm can be casual. Just doesn't seem that way. When something so unbelievable is happening, potentially really good. If, if you find a partner lucky enough, mm-hmm. you know, that that could be happening. So casual just doesn't seem like the right word because you're not like I casually put on some clothes and watch TV. Mm-hmm. Like that's not what sex is. So I have a couple of thoughts. Okay. Thought number one is I'm a physical therapist. Right. So I have physical contact with a lot of people very regularly yeah. of varying importance and to varying degrees Mm -hmm. so one of the things that you said was like i don't think i can do anything more physically intimate with somebody else sure i had a patient this was a couple months ago who had been shot in the leg Uh um she thought she was going to die she was shot in the leg she was not shot somewhere else it was not a fatal wound um she survived the incident she other people were killed in the incident um she then had severe pain didn't know what to do. Nobody told her what to do with her leg after this had happened. Um, was having like severe pain just sitting down. Thought the rest of her life was over. I helped her walk Amazing. for the first time. That's beautiful. I think I connected with her more in that moment. Yeah. My hands physically on her as she was taking steps for the first time. Yeah. In a life that was kind of to some degree on lease. Mm-hmm than I have with people I've slept with in the past. Amazing. I don't think a lot of people have a lot of physical connection with other humans. Definitely not. And so I think my position is kind of unique in that sense that I have a lot of it. Like I physically connect with dozens of people every day. Right. So I, 
I feel like I have a different perspective for what a physical connection with another human is. 100%. I think with that patient, I connected with her more intimately than I have with people I've slept with in the past. Yeah. And I think that almost anybody else in my shoes in that situation would be able to say the same thing. Mm. So I think that there can be physical connections, even non-romantic physical connections that are more powerful than sexual physical connections. Mm. So that's thought number one. Thought number two is situations of like non-fully consensual sexual experiences or straight up non-consensual sexual experiences. Is part of the significance of it that this is not something that you do with most people and so they are doing something that typically you reserve only for certain people, yes. But I think also it can really illustrate for you how flippant it can be. Mm. That's just a part of my body that's being touched by a part of your body. Mm. You know, somebody in 7-Eleven can bump my arm and it can mean as much to me as you doing this thing to my body right now. Sure. You know? So I think that there is a broad range in which physical human connection can exist. And I would agree that the majority of the time that you have a sexual experience with somebody, it isn't just casual. Yeah. But I think non-sexual human connect, like physical connection can be extremely intimate. And I think that where my genitals and somebody else's genitals and my genitals or somewhere, somebody, something else on a person can be in physical contact and it can be casual mm. also. That's just my experience. Sure. Valid points. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, do you have any thoughts? You're good? I'm good over here. Okay. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Thanks for taking that on. Absolutely. <laughs> um, we'll, we will discuss um, OnlyFans and uh, sex work on another episode. Okay. Because we have to wrap this one up. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while. This is, this is really good, though. Thank you both for joining me. Hopefully, in some time, we can get you guys and the guys all in a room together and we can just chop it up and we can really have some good conversation because the animosity between people the adversarial ideas only can be squashed through just proper dialogue proper communication that's where everything happens we have to talk it out and if we can all get in a room together all of us are already friends and we've already had a lot of these conversations outside of it but then people can hear it and then they can maybe go into their own lives and have these sorts of conversations with their, bro- their brothers, their sisters, their friends, whoever they want to have these sorts of conversations with to sort of, you know, transform these relationships, I think is, is quite cool. So thank you both for spending the last two hours with me. Thanks for having me in your apartment. I enjoyed eating the nachos here last week. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, thank you everyone who knows Rachel and Marissa for tuning into this episode. If you liked it, share with a friend. Also subscribe, that's super cool and nice and it helps me get in front of new eyes. So thank you for watching, thanks for listening. And most importantly, please take good care of yourselves and others. I'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.